we're recording. We are recording. Yes, welcome to new to a new. Should I edit this up? No, do not leave it in. For fuck's sake, leave so it. Don't in. leave it. In. Leave it in. Something that Martin never ever hears. <laughs> um, not even at the roast. We're yet. not even at the roast yet. I'm just. I'm. I'm, I'm so feeling. grateful for your friendship. Well. That would mean you're the only one. (laughs) My friendship isn't something you're grateful for. It's something you have. Like an itch. It's just there. You just have to learn to live with it. It's it's like dental plaque. It's like, where did this come from? It's like, why is it building up so much? I better see a professional about this. This is me. I'm the dental plaque of friendships. It usually means something's wrong with you. Well... Yeah, well. <laughs> it's more a confirmation than anything else. Oh, okay. <laughs> Were you ever confirmed as a Catholic? No. Oh. Um, the last thing I did was my first communion. Yeah, me too. I just wanted the gifts. Yeah, I had like a really nice party for my first communion. Like my grandma was there and I got, we got a lot of gifts. It was a Chobis pizza in Guadalajara. This oh, is, this, you I'm rich this boy. I'm this old. Uh, You're old money. I am old money. Yes. And, and running out fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of the money, not so much of the old. Yeah. Uh, Thank you yeah. for stopping by. Thank by you way. and welcome to Mexicans. Because we're Mexican. And we just cannot. Cannot. Can-no. Joining me. Can-no. Oh. Hi, it's me. Joining me is my co-host, Martin. If you're here, who's reblogging pictures of Draco Malfoy and calling it problematic but fun? <laughs> <laughs> Who indeed? Who indeed? <laughs> there's uh, a there's a Draco Malfoy deficit whilst we are recording. Yeah, actually, right now my main uh, my main reblogging material is uh, from Shira, the animated series, because there is this new ship I have, which is uh, this guy named Kyle and this guy named Rogelio. But Rogelio is like this huge reptile guy who speaks in roars. And the ship name, I love this. The ship name is Rep Kyle. Get it? Yes. Rep Kyle. Rep Kyle. Like reptiles? Yes. I guess it, yes. Anywho, let me introduce my co-host after I've done oversharing again. Uh, Luis Augusto, you have one of the smartest comedy comedies in Mexico. Oh, isn't it terrible when bad things happen to good sentences? Yeah, exactly. yeah. You have one of the smartest comedies in Mexico. But that's less of a compliment and more of a comment of the sorry state of comedy in Mexico. There you go. <laughs> that that wasn't rose so much as a fact, and I like it when those two when those two things intermingle. I mean, it's like John Borhaus says in his book: every good joke has a little bit of pain and a little bit of truth. Yes, it does need the truth. How are you this week? I'm good. I as I was walking to here to your place where we record. Um, this old lady was walking in front of me and she was walking her dog and all of a sudden she let go of the leash and she stopped walking and the dog kept on walking and it was a kind of a test for the dog. Like if the dog would find out that he no longer had like a human attached and I just saw the old lady like stop and the dog walk and I just saw her face become 
more and more worried as the dog walked further and further away until the dog, like, two houses later, like, turned around and was like, oh, no, I'm a human. He came back and she was, like, relieved. But for a second, I think she had she lost her dog. She was heartbroken for a second. <laughs> it's funny when you watch old people be heartbroken. I do agree because they have so little left. And, you know, it was just like, if, if only her sons would return... <laughs> With the same Ooh. loyalty that <laughs> She's going to use that on the phone. You know that, right? If she's a Mexican grandmother, she's going to go like, My dog returned. Why We're, can't you, you fucking return a call? Yeah, but it's only going to be on a voice message. And the, and the son's like, Oh my God, another voice message from my mom. It's fine. She's probably just asking where I'm at again. It's fine. It's a four minute voice message. It's probably not the wheel. Like, <laughs> she's probably not under some car somewhere. Hopefully not. Hopefully Anywho, not. so <laughs> how have you been? Any, uh, anything interesting to say? No, not nothing at all. No, not really. <laughs> nothing. That has sounds happened. like you're avoiding something. Am I? No, no, I'm not. I love you're the, avoiding something. <laughs> I love the decorations your neighbors did. Like they, what they oh. they went from Halloween to Christmas in a very seamlessly. Yes, seamlessly. My neighbors, my my next door neighbors, they take the decoration. Oh, oh my computer wants to update. Okay, they take the decoration game so seriously. So for Halloween, they had a Halloween tree. Yes. And it was all pumpkins and, well, jack-o'-lanterns and things like that. And, ghosts. Uh, and, go- and ghosts and goblins and whatever. And then for Christmas, they were like, okay, it's two weeks before the end of November. It's time for us to go into Christmas mode. So they did this whole, like, icicles hanging from the window. Yeah, the, the like, little icicle like, lights. It's... it's a Santa village already. Yes. So they, they really like their decorations. I, I do admire... Anyone's dedication to anything. <laughs> it's just like when my. Uh, it's a foreign thing for it's, you. We're about to have our first Christmas at this place, uh, my partner and I. And um, he said, like, should we do something? So, no, um, my, my, my partner asked me, you know, are we, we going to do something for Christmas? Like, we're going to do a Christmas tree or something. And I'm like, I mean, I like the idea <laughs> of a tree. I like a tree. Trees are fun. Christmas trees are fun. But then it's the whole buying the tree and decorating the tree. And it's just who has... And where are you going to put it? Like, we're we're up there. Like, I think, like, it's that corner kind of could use a tree. But the thing is, the thing is that I cannot be bothered to give a fuck about Christmas decorations usually. So it's like... Um, I'm, I'm planning on having this sign made that it looks like I had it made, but it's just white and it has the text, Happy Holidays. Like very tiny in the middle. No, 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 just <laughs> legible, okay. functional, Times New Roman, <laughs> with a full stop at the end and a capital letter at the beginning, just like Happy Holidays statement. No exclamation points. No exclamation points of any kind. No to capital H's. No. Just Nothing. happy holidays. Happy holidays. Why Period. would you capitalize the second H? <laughs> it is a sentence. The sentence has begun with a capital letter. It does not need another one. Uh, no all caps either. So that's, I think that's going to be my, um, 
my Christmas decorations because okay. I, I want to like we're going to be the two kinds of people so people are going to leave and it's like the, the, these people next door who is just like Christmas just like Christmas on coke and they are dreaming <laughs> that's of, not to know they are dreaming of a white Christmas <laughs> and me is just like I acknowledge the fact that holiday making is taking its place <laughs> I agree with it to a degree and that's it that's what I, I think. That's go, that's what I'm going to do. That's going to be my reason. One of my friends, we're we're having a Christmas dinner because, like, my friends and I have been doing my found family, as it were. We we, we have had, oh these fuckers again. Yeah, you just keep had, bringing these people up. We've had a traditional Christmas dinner ever since college, ever since our first year in college. Yeah. Uh, and I usually try to bring a dessert. Sometimes it's more uh, <laughs> sometimes it's more successful than others. Uh, sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's s'mores. Yes. Ah, ah. I needed to do it. Sorry. But this year, uh, one of them asked me if I could do a Yule log cake for... Yes. So I'm researching. I mean, I know how to do it. I'm just terrified that of breaking the cake when I'm rolling the whole thing. I mean, I know how... In theory, I know how to make a cake roll. Like, you, you make the cake while it's warm. You make the sheet cake while it's warm. You roll it on a, in a moist towel so that it keeps its shape as it cools down. And once it's cool, you unroll it, you stick a bunch of buttercream on it, and then you roll it again. So in theory, I know how to do it. In practice, I've never been able to do it successfully. So, well, it's not like I have so much money gonna... to like be trying to like. We're gonna do ten yule logs. So many yule logs. So anywho, speaking of. Traditional things. <laughs> Speaking of tradition, our Mexican stereotype of the day is... Mariachi. Mariachi. Which uh, is not the same thing as Pagliacci. <laughs> clever. Very clever. Uh, okay. Do you enjoy Mariachi? want Mar- to talk, Mr. S'mores. Do you... <laughs> Enjoy. Do you enjoy mariachi? I enjoy mariachi when it's played live. When it's played live, like I won't listen to a recording of mariachi, like for basically any reason, like unless my parents are playing it. But uh, but like when I'm at a party and they bring out the mariachi, that's fun. And usually, people at the mariachi band that comes in, they're like, you know, they're they're hyped, they're ready to like start singing, and you know, like they're like, I cannot do the mariachi scream. Like, they, I can do it. Oh I'm not going to do it. I'm oh, not going to no. do it, but I can do it. I can, like, yeah. like the, the Have you ever dressed them the mari- like mariachi? I've no, I've, the, never, I've, never, I've never dressed for For one of my school festivals, I had to dress like, uh, like I had the mariachi dress, which fit for six months, and then I grew. I don't, I've never, I've never dressed as, as a mariachi, but I do, I do like, for an, okay, okay I'm going to tell you a story. Only about three weeks ago. Just listen intently. Martin is doing the whole hands beneath his chin. Yes. Yes. Um, it's a story time. He's cradling his beard on his <laughs> well manicured hand. Somebody has to. Yeah. Oh. Now you're roasting yourself. I've conditioned you. I've conditioned you like a dog. And then now you press record and you start hating yourself. I like if you it. ring a bell. Damn you, Pavlov. You if you like... ring a bell, I just tell myself that I'm alone. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, uh, no, uh, three, three or four weeks ago, I attended uh, the first birthday of a of a friend of mine's uh, son. He had a son and he (laughs) he he turned one 
And he lives in Spain, but he came here to celebrate the, the son's birthday and to be with the family and whatever. And they had a, a one, you know, one year old's birthday party, which is every bit as depressing as it sounds. What? Because, yes, because the, the baby isn't even aware that there is a celebration going yeah, on. You do, you do it for everyone else. Fuck it. It's just like, <laughs> no, like if it's your birthday, it's not about anyone else. Like it's just, this is, this is teaching people to share and to be like to mingle I just I don't want I don't, <laughs> I don't want a awful. child I don't want a child mingling from an early age but anyway we went we were there and there was the alcohol which I appreciated uh, but <laughs> not many people showed up I think they were expecting maybe three times more people which is thinking a lot of your one year old baby I mean I should say not even That's a person so special about not even baby. a personality yet but you're expecting 30 people to show up fine and um, no he was a very lovely baby I mean just like like all babies, just standard baby personality. He cried a lot. He did cry a lot. And um, they brought in the mariachi, which I was For the like, baby. yes, which I was like, your baby's ears are not yet formed. Why don't we stick him next to a trumpet and just have the mariachi go, ah, just like, just really. And the thing is, the mariachi was, I don't know if it was, they, they, Booked them late, as in they was they they arrived on time because it, they seemed like they arrived on time. But by the time they got there, um, it was probably about eight guests and left. N- yes, left and well, adult at least eight adult guests left and nine mariachi. <laughs> and it had started raining, so the party had been in the garden, but then it started raining, so everyone crammed into this tiny living room, and then the mariachi crammed into the tiny re- living room, and they played for an hour. Yeah, that's and at the beginning you kind of get excited but by the third song you're like, this is just awkward. I mean, you guys are getting paid and I'm really happy for you, but like... And they dressed up. Yeah, they, they, and they brought the all the instruments. And then you know they were like with the baby going like, "Oh, this is mariachi," and the baby is like, "I am deaf now. Like, it's just, <laughs> I will never ever hear your voice." I was just like, "I'll never hear my mom say I love I'll you." Never, I'll never hear my mom say I love you. You better start practicing that ASL. Just like, yeah. So uh, it was awkward and I, I escaped into the kitchen because it's very weird. You don't know where to look because there's so much mariachi going on. It's, like, it's usually like nine I, people. Yeah. yeah. Should I be looking at the violin, at the, the, the guitar? And they're all like just doing it. And at some point I was like, would you like us to play another song? And nobody knew any mariachi songs. So I was like, La Viquina, as I start playing La Viquina. <laughs> I was like, El Mariachi Loco. And I was just like screaming. You were the only person that knew the mariachi No, no, no. Everyone knew the mariachi songs. It's just nobody could think of one. Because okay. for a lot of Mexicans, I think mariachi is just like, I mean, you know, like Cielito Lindo. Yeah. And Mexico, uh, Mexico Lindo y Querido, which is like the well, Viquina, La Viquina, especially after, was popularized by Luis Miguel again. Yes. It was a very, it's a very good song. I yeah. like it. Um, I do enjoy a good mariachi. I just don't think for a, for a, a one year old baby, baby. No, because like birthday. when I had, when, it, when my niece, uh, turned one year old and we did her party, I was, I was the one that had to do the cake for her because, uh, she wasn't allowed to have any processed. People just make you bake all kinds of shit for them, don't they? I mean, they asked for me to do it and then I'll take like three years to do it. Yeah. But like this, I had to do it because it was for, like, she, the thing is, um, my friend, uh, the, um, my, my niece's name is Lena and her mom's name's Stefania. And she asked me to make a cake that did not have any refined sugar because she could not have any, because she wasn't allowing her baby to have any refined sugar. Until I think she was two. 
so I made a cake that was made with applesauce, and I had to find an applesauce that didn't have any added sugar. So it was like an organic applesauce in this like posh uh, supermarket. So I made the so I made this tiny. Cake. It's what it's what it's known in the baby party circuit as a smash cake. What is a smash cake? A smash cake is a tiny cake you make for baby, and it's a it's a cake that the baby can smash against her face or his face. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's a cake, it's a tiny cake for the baby. Uh, and that way you don't have to make, you make a, def- a separate cake for everyone else at the party and they have their own cake. And she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it quite a lot. Actually, I was pretty proud of the fact that the baby proud, was Proud, like, pride. Um, so, but yeah, no, but my, my, my mariachi story is actually my grand, my grandmother. You know this drink called Torito? Nope. What is that? Torito, it's uh, it's a type of aguardiente. Uh, what's the word for that in English? Moonshine. It's, it's <laughs> moonshine. It's just a spirit. Yeah, it's a uh, it's based on sugar, it's made out of sugarcane. It's like a different version of rum, actually. Yeah. And in um, they in this restaurant called La Fonda del Recuerdo, which is a Veracruz style food um but they like the thing there is they have huge dishes i remember when i had a pozole there it was like this plate you could drown yourself in of course you can drown yourself in any plate if you try hard enough um so my grandmother was there and the the doritos they're this really fruity drink so it's the kind of drink where you can drink a lot and not realize that you're like super 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 drunk until it's far too late so my my grandma had asked like started she, she asked for one. There was different fruits. So you had like one banana and mango and strawberry. So she started asking, 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 asking. And at one point she was so drunk. She said like, just bring me a whole jug. Because <laughs> it's so oh, good. And I want to uh, take it home. Uh, I have any so, fruit. You want all, my favorite fruit is alcohol. Just, <laughs> vodka is a fruit, right? Is, is it fruit? That's a fruit, right? It is. It, it, it grows some trees. It grows like the vodka tree would be fucking amazing. Exactly. Uh, so I she was asking cleaning. for a whole jug of, of, of this drink. And then in this restaurant, they like at one point they had uh, a mariachi come out and play on stage, and for like everyone, it was like an hour mariachi. So the mariachi started playing all the songs that mariachis play, and my grandma was so excited. She's like, "I want the mariachi to play here," and she just pointed right next to her chair. She's like, "I want the mariachi to play here." Blow it on my face! I just want that. I want to be warmed by the air coming out of the trumpets. And she would not stop saying, I want the mariachi to play here. And then finally, yeah, we had to take her I'm loving away. <laughs> love it. I'm living for this. I'm living for this. See, the thing is, I would hire a mariachi. And I was thinking about, like, because I do like a mariachi, but I, I was thinking, what occasion would I hire a mariachi for? And I, I was thinking, maybe for our 10 year anniversary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No children. No. No children, just a 10 year anniversary. And I would get. I don't. I don't know if there are any gay mariachi. There are actually. Okay, because I would get a gay-friendly mariachi band, yeah. so that I can. There's both gay-friendly mariachi bands, and there's a, there was a mariachi band that got kind of popular some time ago because they were like exclusively. I mean, if not all of them gay, all of them queer. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would get something like that. Not necessarily. They they don't have to be gay or queer. It's not like only gay people allowed, but like. 
I would like a mariachi. Blow this man. <laughs> you have to show now me that you are gay. Now start having sex with each other. You d- <laughs> okay, fine. I'm not a man, I'm a lesbian. Blow this woman. <laughs> no, they don't have to be uh, gay necessarily, but I would like a, a band mm. that is not going to raise their eyebrows when I start singing a love That's song to my... Yeah. Significant other, you know, like um, no, like for example, the the like downtown here, you can like hire trios, which is usually a guitar. Mm-hmm, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Well done, musical, yes. musical trios. Well, uh, you can play a lot of. Them. There's a lot of blowing going on. <laughs> uh, so anyway, and and like if you tell them like this, this is for like my like. I, I've seen them hired for it's my boyfriend's birthday party and I want to like you know the serenata of course uh, so like to bring serenata to my boyfriend have you ever brought serenata to, uh, to anyone just to no never just no <laughs> never I've done a serenata but not with mariachi no. like I did the, just and to this say was, anything this was a waste like this a... was for my ex-boyfriend and he just he was just so undeserving of it but I'm just so awesome and I, um, we were at this, uh, bar and I, you know, they, they were playing music or whatever. And I started and I had them start playing Oh Sole Mio, which I learned for that specific occasion it was his birthday and so on. And I sang just like, Oh, and it was just like full tenor. And it was fun. It was very romantic. When are you going to do comic and music, by the way? I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fairly good singer, but I just haven't found the, um, like, what, what am I going to do? It's just like, I don't know. Like imitations, like impressions of someone. Ray Contreras is already doing them all, and he's really good at. No, it. I think you, 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 your thing would be to write actual uh, or to make fun of a particular genre, like for example, with opera or something, or like you know, like what, what if you could make an opera out of going to the bank? You know what? I could. You could. Anyway. I could do that. Yeah, but so, anyway, that's mariachi. What's your favorite mariachi song? To finish with this, what's your favorite traditional mariachi song? What's my favorite traditional mariachi song? What will uh, you request? Uh, I'd probably request Mariachi Loco because that's the one I know. Quiere baila mariachi. And yours? I like uh, Llorona. La Llorona. Oh, that's fantastic. It's song. just such a beautiful song. But that's for like the end of the night. Well, who cares? I mean, seriously. Like. <laughs> Is there, is there like a, wait. Don't play La Llorona, we can't do that, they're gonna no, it's just, shut I, us down. One of the ten people that I, I'm trying to, to remember the singer that made it really famous. Who is she? Lila Downs? No. No, fuck you. <laughs> this was, this was, a, this was a, a woman who sang it, like, oh god, I'm such a bad Mexican right now. Natalia um, La Furcada. Interpretations of Mona La, 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 la. No, 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 this is, this is a, no, this is a classic. <laughs> um... People are angry at me now. Yes. I can't... Like, where is... Where is this... Fuck. Chabela Vargas. Thank you. Ooh, Chabela Vargas. Chabela Vargas. Chabela Vargas. She... Her version... Her rendition is haunting. We can share that on social media. It's a haunting rendition. And that song is so sad. And it's so... Oh, it's just... I love that. And they did a version? Is it the one they did a version for In Coco? In Coco, yes. But then they made it pop. Yes. Like, they started... It started going faster. And like, you know that? When she first started singing it, I was like... Fucking yes. Yeah. My favorite traditional Mexican song in Coco. This is just... Uh, and then they started doing this whole... Like, and I was like, that's not La Llorona. That's no, like... Pop this is a song about a woman in mourning. You cannot... And by the way, it's not the ghost. 
a lot of people think like, oh, Yorona, you mean the ghost? No, it's not. It's just a crying woman. Yeah. It's another woman. The one that did not murder her children. Or oh, maybe. You never know. <laughs> I, do, I do like the word, the, um, the wordsmithing of that song. Yes. Uh, the, the, the images that are brought. It's so, yeah, like the images are amazing and like the, like the, the, um. Cause like, I remember this line that I love is, como el pino era tierno, al verme, like the pino era tierno, it means both the pine was young and the pine was tender. tender. Yeah. So when he, when, when he, when he saw me crying, it cried too. And just the, just, just that line, like I could, I could write a thesis on that line alone. <laughs> Um, and it was like when you know the, the the pine tree was so young that it wept when I wept, mm-hmm. and it was it's full of imagery and it's full of like it's just oh god, it's, yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, my favorite is I don't know what it is. Crying woman. I don't know what it is about the flowers at the graveyard. Uh, when the wind is blowing, it looks like they're crying as well. Like, it's just so... Oh. Yeah. No, again, it's like, imagine, just image-wise, it's a, it's a fantastic, 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 yes. fantastic song. So, on to the main... On to the main course. Yes. This is our um, final trilogy episode of 90s of like, yeah. cartoons. Although, technically, this cartoon is still going. Yes. Yes, but, but is it? The day like, I is die. it really? I think it's one of those. This cartoon. We're gonna, we're about to talk about the Simpsons. Now, have you ever heard of the um, the broom paradox? What is the broom? The par- broom paradox is an uh, is an old thought experiment. I believe I believe it is attributed to Archimedes. Oh, I think what you're going. I know what you're going for, but I knew it as the boat. The uh, boat as well. The ship of Theseus. That one. Yeah, no, it's not, it's nothing to do with Archimedes. This is, it has been discussed by Heraclitus. Um, because I've Such I'm, a nice guy, Heraclitus. Well, he kept changing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome, nerds, to your podcast. Welcome, Greek philosophy nerds. Um, so uh, the idea was um, you have this broom, and it's easier to explain with a broom. So I have a broom. This is my broom. It's Luis Augusto's broom. It has a handle. It has a bit of wire holding the uh, branches together. The and bristles. I use... Uh, Br- is it the bristles? bristles. Yeah, the bristles. <laughs> but it's it's an old-fashioned broom. Whatever. It's made from branches. Um, the bristles together. And he flew in in this exact broom. In this exact broom. <laughs> this is my Nimbus. Nimbus 87. Um, so I have this broom and I keep sweeping with it. And one day the wire snaps. So I get a new bit of wire. Wire it up again. Keep sweeping. A couple of years, it's still my broom. A couple of years later, the bristles um, wear off. So I replace them with new bristles. And then a couple of years after that, the stick breaks. And I have to replace it with a new broomstick. So, is it still my broom? Well. And this can be said about The Simpsons. <laughs> you've replaced everything, everything about it. You've replaced the animators. You've replaced, at least in Mexico, the um, voice actors. You've replaced the plots. You've replaced the characterization. You've replaced the general rhythm and com- comedy rhythm of everything. The themes, everything you've, you haven't, has been replaced. Is it still The Simpsons? And this is why I don't even consider The Simpsons to be... I think The Simpsons ended around season 13, 14. Okay. So, why 
Is the Simpsons so important? Or should we begin with our questions? Yes, please. Okay, let's, let's start with, with the our game. Questions. So the, the game Mexicans game is is you, who do you want to be? Yes. Who do you think you are? Yes. And who are you actually? Yes. So Martin, go. Uh, I want to be older Lisa because she is President Lisa. President. Well, you know, she, there's several versions of older Lisa, but mm. she's very well put together. She's more sure of herself. She is very, you know, except for the part where she marries Millhouse. Like, what do the fuck? It's like, that's a J.K. JK Rowling thing. Like, oh, of course, Harry Potter. I mean, of course, Hermione marries Ron. No. It was no longer The Simpsons by then. But exactly. still, yeah. Uh, but older Lisa is very well, is very well put together. It's like, she, she's still essentially Lisa, but she has matured and he, she, she has become, uh, so much, uh, so much better at being Lisa, basically. Um, I think I am Marge Simpson. Because, you know, I, I feel like put upon and I feel like I just have to deal with all this bullshit by people around me. And I do a very good mm, when I'm annoyed by people. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, and she's just, you know, she's, 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 uh, she's pretty positive. Usually, you know, she try even, even when, uh, when things are, are not looking like particularly up, she's like, okay, we can, we can work with this. We can, I just like this potato. I think it's neat. Um, and, you know, she has her own style. She sort of, like, marches to the beat of her, of her own drum, uh, which I uh, appreciate a lot. And I actually, I think I actually am younger Lisa, in which <laughs> yes, I, sometimes my principles blind me from other shit that I should be looking at. <laughs> such as personal preservation. <laughs> and such as, you know, like, realizing that maybe shouting at people is the best way of, people, like, convincing people to, like, do what I want. You know, you believe you can convince people. That's something Lisa believes in. Yeah, I do. And I, I want to believe. I've given up. Yeah, yeah, people. yeah. We've talked about this before. <laughs> I've given up. Um, good. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think I and I'm pretty like at first I, I was I, I'm usually like wary of the actually am to put it in one of the main characters. Um, but in this case, I am very like I I because she's also like a middle child. She also has this thing where like. Uh, she puts a lot of um, weight on the opinions of authority figures on yeah. her. Um, like she, she's of course a smart, a smart girl, but she has to be validated as someone yeah. who is good <clears throat> at what she does. She cannot just be good at what she does. She has to have a grade or a person saying like, "Oh, you do good." She's very insecure. Yeah, yeah, in a, yeah, in a way that she she skirts like the line between being insecure and being very self assured. Yeah, that she is right. Exactly. So yeah, you are. Yeah, definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me. How about you? I want to be Selma. <laughs> really? No, sorry, not Selma. Patty. Patty. Yeah, she's a lesbian. Patty's a lesbian. She's a lesbian. Yeah. But she, I, I want to be her because I always liked both of them. But the problem is Selma kept marrying and Selma yeah. kept like going. But Patty was always like, I don't give a fuck. No. Just like when there was this like amazing, so many jokes we can cite and we will. We will, by the way. Um, <laughs> there's this one time that when they, they're suspecting, you know, um, Homer because he fakes his own death. All right. And they're all like, who are the main suspects? And they visit Patty and Zelma. And they're all like, have you ever wished the death of Homer Simpson something? It's like, she's like, lift your glasses. And the center table is Homer's gravestone that they've had <laughs> done. Like, she's so unashamedly herself. Yeah. That I really like her. She was obviously uh, telegrammed to be a lesbian way before 
she was like outed or she was like she had the the, the episode of I'm gay. Yeah. But um I think she was so funny and I, I, I always like the fact that she did And and Pat and Sama like because they started like this happened with a lot of uh Sim Sam characters, but they started like it's sort of like the trope of the of the nasty sisters in law that yeah. did not you know, Homer hated them and they hated Homer just as much. And both of them like uh went through this thing of like, okay, fine, yeah, they're nasty and whatever, but like what's 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 more there? Like what's And there were times when they like uh, when they made themselves vulnerable to Homer. And yeah. They made themselves like, oh Homer help us with this thing or whatever. Uh-huh. So, and this was something that the Simpsons used to do very well. It went to the touching side of things. And we're gonna go into because I have a few questions I want to ask you about most touching moment and most whatever. Okay. But uh, so you, I want you to be, be Patty. Patty. I think I am Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> because Why? Because Mr. Burns okay, he's a very evil character, yes. But also he's so oblivious about so many things. Like I like how he he feels like he's kind of like he's He's so out of touch with the world that he kind of thinks we're still in the turn of the century. Yeah. So she's just like, she arrives in this she. really old car <laughs> to the petrol you're gender, station. You're gender bending Mr. Burns. Yeah, but like Mr. Burns arrives in this really old car and he goes like, fill it with petroleum destillate and revulcanize my tires <laughs> and make it snappy. And he's like, he's got this thing where like, he opens a, a fortune cookie and he's unsure of what it is. So he's like, it's some kind of message. Like it's just, <laughs> I like how he is so oblivious about things and then he is evil and he's like, oh, I want to steal a boy's candy and he can't because he's too <laughs> yeah. weak. And I'm also like, I'm, I, I relate to him a lot even though he's he's an evil character. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm like, that person I want to be. Like, just, <laughs> I think I am like, it's just something goes according to plans. Like, yes. <laughs> so I did this. It's good. Uh, but I think I actually am Marge. Like, oh, end, I can see I that. Think, I can see that. Like, I do have this cynicism about myself. Like, it's just like, fuck it. But in the end, I wish things were better. I'm just kind of resigned myself to the fact that things will not be better. <laughs> and also because I have a theory that the best jokes in The Simpsons are all Marge's jokes. She has amazing jokes. She has some of the, like, my favourite ever. And this is the first question that I want to ask. Favorite Simpsons joke? My favorite Simpsons jokes, uh, I mean, sequence ones, it's the, a good marriage is like an orange. <laughs> That's so good. The, it's this thing, like, so good. like a friend, of, friend of, a friend of mine shared it on Facebook. It's like, I've been laughing for like five minutes straight. I'm like, probably not, not, not even that funny. And I started watching it and it just punchline after punchline after punchline after, yeah. and it just keeps, and building and building and building like the whole thing if you don't remember it's uh, Homer's doing a a marriage class a how to have a good marriage a good marriage yes. and he's ignoring the class in favor of eating an orange so like finally the class calls him out like what are you doing he's like well you know to uh, having a good marriage is like eating an orange first you have the skin and then you have the bowl and he just, so you just, and he just and the thing is he just like shoves the whole thing into his mouth and like it's in, in, a, in a way that you can really do it's with an orange disgusting yeah and then uh, Apu says like I don't understand and then Garner Willie goes like uh, if I wanted to see a man eat an orange I would go to an orange eating class and then you cut to what's this guy in Juan Topo in English what's this guy's uh, name Mol- Hans Molman yeah him Hans Molman he's, and, he's, uh, and he's in an orange eating class and he's like eating an orange is having a good marriage so Grandpa Simpson just goes like just eat the damn orange and it, 
I, yeah, like that's it's just a masterclass in comedy writing. Just those, I think it's a minute or so, and it's, it's just it's a rhythm. They build up, they built up such good rhythm. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Like Marge's, my, my favorite. I have two Marge jokes that I just every time Please. I remember them. One of them is when Marge is abducted by the aliens by Kang and Kodos, and they want to impregnate her. Mm-hmm. And they go, "We've identified the most uh, frequent places for your species to procreate." And they start like sliding through these scenarios. <laughs> so you go. The bathroom of an airplane, the wedding of a friend, or the alley behind a triple X cinema or something. And Marge goes, that is the meaning. I don't like it. But if I have no choice, I'll choose the alley. It's so funny because she goes from outrage... To saying fine, I mean, I guess I do have a thing for fucking it. Fine, yeah. It's so good. And another one that is not... I suppose it beats uh, eating behind the alley of any buffet in Springfield. Definitely. Um, And then there's this other joke where Marge is... um, This is a really early episode. And Homer and Marge go to an all-you-can-eat seafood restaurant. Oh, wow. And Homer keeps eating and eating and eating and eating. And Marge is so embarrassed. She's like, oh, my God, no, please don't. And the, the restaurant tells Homer to leave. Because there's no more, no more food to give him. And it's the captain, the, the sea captain has sea the captain, restaurant. And Homer's like, completely right. He's like, you said all you can eat. All you can eat. We have no more food. And then he ends up being sued. And I don't know who sues whom. They, I don't know Homer who. sues, like, sues with the, the help restaurant. of that skeezy lawyer. The sleazy lawyer, yeah, the, the guy, yeah. Yeah, um, they, he sues uh, the restaurant. And it's, it's that great sequence where they bring out like this, like, this is how much we ate. This is how much we ate. And it's and like bag after bag after bag. It's about to be letters to Santa. Letters to Santa. This is for the Kringle trial next door. <laughs> but then uh, a lawyer asks Marge, like, and what did you, and Marge is so, like, she's so embarrassed by the whole thing. Yeah. And they go, and what, uh, what did you do after you were uh, expelled from the restaurant told to leave? We drove around all night looking for an all-you-can-eat seafood restaurant. And what did you do when you didn't find a seafood restaurant? And she goes, we went fishing. <laughs> and she breaks down in tears. And it's the delivery of the line where it's so... The image is perfect. <laughs> the conclusion to the story is perfect. And the combination of her being so embarrassed and crying in front of the, the jury and the trial, everything, it's so perfect. It's just, those are my two favorite jokes and they're Marge jokes. I yeah. quote them. I, the, the alley thing, every time I'm faced with any kind of difficult choice, I go, not having a choice, I'll choose this. One, this, one, another one that I love a lot that actually, it's, um, when Homer, uh, he gets in a fight with Mo. I think it's the, 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 the one where they make the drink. Uh, Mo's. The flaming Mo. Flaming Mo, thank you. Yeah. And so he can't go back to the bar and he's looking, he's looking around for other bars. So he's, he, he ends up at the airport of all places and he's like, well, this is it, the last bar in the city. If, if I can't drink here, I can't drink anywhere else. And his liver goes, like you shut up, you stupid liver! He punches punch himself, himself. Yeah. in the liver. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so. Good. Oh, another one. Uh, may I? May please. I? May I be indulged? You may. Um, when Homer is um collecting fat, he starts a business of collecting fat okay. from restaurants. Right, and he uh goes to the school, and uh, he runs into groundskeeper Willie. And Groundskeeper was like, oh, the fat for me old age. 
And he, you know, they start having this conversation, but then he's like, um, Homer is at, at some point is like, but I'm Scottish or something. And Homer is like, I'm Scottish too. And he goes, really? Where are you from? And Homer goes, I'm from North Kilt Town. <laughs> and Willie goes, really? I'm from North Kilt Town. Do you know Angus MacLeod? And Homer turns it on him and he goes, wait a minute. There's no Angus MacLeod in North Kilt Town. You're not even Scottish. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. It's just so... Like, there's so many good jokes. Like, we, we could just spend the entire episode... Just reciting jokes, exactly. Just reciting In fact, jokes. I do have I do have uh, several friends who I can have conversations just by Simpson references. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which definitely. is fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, do you want to do your questions first, or do you want to do the rant first? Uh, my... Okay, let's do the rant first, and okay. I'm going to make you go first. Yes. You have one minute to rant about pop culture references in The Simpsons. Okay. In three, two, one, go. First of all, there was a late... Uh, this is like later Simpsons, but there was late, that Lady Gaga episode, which I love because they even had a song like for that episode alone. She comes out of the egg. She does the whole thing. But like that Michael Jackson episode, which it turns out it's not Michael Jackson, but some other guy pretending to be Michael Jackson. And he ends up singing a birthday song for Lisa, which is a song that I still sing to myself every so often. Then you have all the... Every time like... When they reference movies and they referenced, um, like, just, uh, crime shows. Like, I just saw the, the, I, I just remember the episode where they, they had the Jelly Vinos de Milo. So they had, like, the Fox movie about it. And it's just this, like, horrible recreation, which is that what Fox does. And it's, like, this horrible actor, like, just speeding the whole thing. And it's, like, it's about to run over a cat. It's like, no, you can't run over a cat. It's a living being. I don't care. Run over the cat. He's like, now I'm going to touch the sweets. Like, what are you doing? And then, you, and then like, before that, you have like the talk shows, the bear with a microphone on his hat. And he's like, oh, I have a question. He's like, more money for public schools and less Homer Simpson. He's like, what are you doing? And then this girl just cries like, I've never met Homer Simpson. And ever. stop. <laughs> I think the pop culture references... I, you know, I realized how heavy it was on pop culture references because here in Mexico, at least, The Simpsons was the show that a lot of parents did not let their kids watch. Like no. It was a bad influence. Uh, my parents didn't give a tiny fuck. Yeah, like, no, I watched it with my parents. They saw it a couple of times and they, they didn't really get the humor, but they were like, I mean, it wasn't an itchy and scratchy episode, fortunately. <laughs> um but I remember that it was like, they just didn't care. And uh, I remember that I saw The Simpsons way before I saw all these movies that The Simpsons was referencing. So I kept running into these movies late in my teens or later in my teens yeah. after my childhood, where I was like, this was done by The Simpsons. This was referenced and by The Simpsons. And you were like, this is a Simpson reference. The yeah, first time I saw, because my parents didn't let me see that until I, I watched it by myself and I didn't ask, um, Pulp Fiction. I realized that there are at least 10 references by The Simpsons to Pulp Fiction in separate episodes. Yeah. And you go like, that's from The Simpsons, that's from The Simpsons, that's from The Simpsons. It's just so heavy on it, and it's so well done, and it's just, it fits seamlessly into everything. I, I think it's just fantastic. Now you tell me. What Your rant, rant is, uh, would you live in Springfield? Yes or no? I would absolutely okay, live in Springfield. Okay, give me in now. Okay, I would definitely live in Springfield because I love how in Springfield there's like such a 
colorful cast of characters. And I like, one of my favorite episodes is the one, uh, it's 25 short movies or 20 short movies about Springfield because you get to see the, the, the supporting cast in plots of their own. And it has like every single bit of that episode is absolutely brilliant. It's a treasure. Just like seeing uh, Principal Skinner with the superintendent and the mother and she's like, see mom, the house is on fire. And he goes, no mom, it's the Northern Lights. And it's just so funny. And every, like, I would love to be one of those characters, even if they're, like, if they're one dimensional, they're so endearing, all of them. Like, even the minor ones, like the mafia guy, he's amazing. And Krusty the Clown is his own kind of genre of comedy going on <laughs> and it's just I, I would love to be surrounded by these characters that just uh, have Three, all these stories two, that are implied to be one. going on Done. there you go yeah I don't know what I would be though uh did you do that whole where you could like turn yourself into a Simpson character no I never did it I actually had a friend do it for me because I wasn't doing it so he like I did it for you it's like okay fine I'm definitely gonna do that right uh, now like, yeah, I'm please. ignoring you for the rest of oh, the episode no. please turn talk yourself to me. talk to me I will be responding I'll be reacting okay uh, just visually reacting <laughs> do you have questions actually yeah favorite episode favorite episode oh my god what would it be I recently as I said I recently had I remembered the the jelly episode, and now that I rewatched it, I don't know how to feel about it, so I'm not gonna go with that. Uh, favorite episode. I'm gonna go right now, and this might change later. Don't, don't hold me to this forever. I like the episode where Bart gets an elephant. Oh, because Stampy. Yeah, I love, this, this is the thing that I love about Simpsons, and that I, that I started noticing later, it's like, you, you, like, the episode started and you were never really sure what the episode was going to be about until it started being about that thing. And that, this whole thing is like, Bart wants to, like, I remember, I remember what the previous thing, but then, like, there's this radio show and they're like, you can win either this or an elephant. It's like, I want the elephant. Like, no, that's the joke price. Like, I want the elephant. So he gets the elephant. And I remember, uh, that uh, the scene where the cat and the dog are attempting to win back. Yes. <laughs> it's like, the affections we love you. Yeah. Like, it's so good. And it's the good. ending of the episode is amazing. Because like, in the end, it's like, because it's like, do you, are you going to give, are you going to sell the elephant to the man with a lot of ivory? Or are you going to give it for free to the people who are going to, you know, keep it safe? And I love that Homer goes to Lisa, like, maybe it's safer to give the elephant to a man who has a lot of ivory than to a man who doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And even the check was ivory. That was... Yes. that was that Everything was, was ivory. Yeah, I, I, I really like and then in, And then in the end, he's like, why is the why is Stampy, like, just, like, hitting all these other elephants? Like, I, I forget exactly that. I was like, or maybe he's just Stampy. And then the camera opens, and it's Homer hitting. Yes, him with his it's so good. That that's yeah. That is. What a is your favorite episode? My favorite episode is called Cape Fear. The entire yeah. plot is lifted from the movie Cape Fear. Yeah. Only fear is written with an e at the end. It's a sideshow Bob episode, which is just oh, it's a the boat treasure. one. Yes, it's, it's a one treasure because it's. Kelsey well, Grammer. What's the Just other name? What's the other last name they use for that episode? What do you mean other last name? What do you mean? Isn't isn't this the episode where they they're they're in hiding? They're in hiding. Yeah, they they get new identities. Yes, and Mr. Simpson, Homer Simpson, becomes Homer Thompson. Yes, and it's like the whole scene of the FBI explaining <laughs> to Homer, look. 
From now your name, from now on, your name is Homer Thompson. So when I say, hello, Mr. Thompson, you're going to say, hello. And he goes, hello, Mr. Thompson. And then there's a cut to, like, the guy's, like, his tie is all loose. He's smoking a cigarette. It's just, look, when I say, hello, Mr. Thompson, and I stamp my foot twice, you say, Hello, okay? And he goes, hello, Mr. Thompson. Stamps his foot twice. And Homer just turns to the other FBI guy and goes, I think he's talking to you. (laughs) It's just amazing. And it has some of the best gags. Like, it has the sideshow Bob with the rakes. Yes. Which is just... This joke should be over soon, but it just becomes funnier and keeps funnier. Going and They're driving going. to the new town, and he Bob is hanging from the from like from below the car, and Homer is like, "But kids, who wants to drive over all those cactuses?" And they all go, "Me, me!" And then Bob from under the car goes, "No." <laughs> it's so amazing. That episode yeah. is just funny from beginning to end. I also love and, and that one where we're far. Is like trying to sleep, and he he's so scared of Sideshow Bob. And then like Homer goes in with like, "Do you want some cake? I'll get you a slice." Brandishing this knife, and then the chainsaw, and it's like, (laughs) it's so good. And and you know Kelsey Grammer, Kelsey Grammer is just his own kind of richness. And then he sings because he's a wonderful singer. So at the end, he makes. He starts to make him sing uh, the HMS Pinafore operetta, yeah. and he sings the whole thing, and he sings so much that he ends up being captured. And it's just a, such a perfect episode. It's beautiful. Everything is funny. Every single thing is funny in this episode. And yeah, these yeah, no, those, those, those are. That's that's the thing, you know. Like it's amazing how they, it was just like joke, 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 joke. joke. I mean. It, there were there were times uh, this is a thing that you can do now when you have Netflix but there are times where like you just missed another joke because you were laughing at the previous one and you didn't have a way to go like no wait I didn't hear what Bart answered so I know. next question tell me most touching moment most Simpsons. touching moment there are I'm going to mention two uh, one of them is you know the episode where Lisa gets a horse yes which, you know, because she wants she wants for her birthday and Homer, like, does everything to get her... To make that happen, yeah. Yeah, and, and then at the end, uh, finally, you know, Lisa, you know, gets rid of the horse. And there's this very touching moment with the horse where the, the horse trainer says, like, if I still had working tear ducts, I would cry right now. But just the final episode in which Lisa goes to her fault to Homer... And talk, and, talk, and you, they have this like really touching father because Homer and Lisa are this thing where like you can tell they care so much for each other, but they're in such different wavelengths that it's kind of like they're they're speaking to, they might as well be speaking two different languages. So finally, when Lisa like does her like well, once it's like no, there's another big animal that I like that I love a lot. It's like well, no, what do you want right now, a hippo? It's like no, it's you. Uh, so that was a very that was one of the and the Homer Lisa relationship was yeah. done back in those days. I haven't even watched it, so I don't know if it's still done well. But it was I, done I so think beautifully. I've, I've seen some of the more recent episodes, and I think they become like the family, the core family, have become way more bitter towards each other. Like they they've sort of elevated their more negative characteristics. So okay. Lisa is just so much more annoyed at her Insufferable. father, and Homer is just so much more. Uh, it, they have even this kind of family guy animosity that they have against Meg, mm. but they have it against Lisa, which I find that to be kind of, eh. 
But the, the other the other touching moment, uh, and do tell me if I'm stepping on your toes, but it's the episode where Homer, they go to a marriage retreat, and Homer just goes because he thinks he's going to catch all the hugest catfish, uh, the name of which I forget, uh, and he catches it, it and but Marge finds him, and that whole scene where she's like, because you, they were supposed to be there to save their marriage, and it's like, you're here fishing instead of saving our marriage, and Homer's like, uh, Homer's like, you think I would, like, I, this is going to make me a hero. This is going to make me, like, a big thing. And you want me to throw it out just to show you that I love you? And Marge's like, well, yes. And he throws it out. And he's like, and, and he, and he, like, he realizes what he did. He has this moment. He's like, I did it. I threw it. I, I did this. And then he turns to Marge and says, and you say I don't love. And it's just like this. Oh, and then I cry. <laughs> Those are my two. Very, so, yeah, those are very what good. What about you? Um, I'm going to go with a very iconic one, when uh, Homer's mum returns. Mm. And it's all about them finding each other and how, like, he he was raised by this completely incompetent father that was Grandpa <laughs> Simpson, who I love, by the way, as a character. But um, they have this reunion where, like, Lisa, turns out Lisa's a lot like her grandmother, so it, like, it ties into... You could tell that this was a personality that was very well created for the mother because she fit into the family as a reference to other people like um yeah she you could tell people came from her and then it turns out she was like a rebel in the 60s and so on and they visit the um, the farmhouse retreat thing is it is it is that is that one no no that's a different episode but it turns out uh she was sending him gifts yeah. Like she kept sending him gifts and gifts and gifts, and in the end, she uh, Mr. Burns identifies her. It's like I know that woman. Yes, Smithers. I know. <laughs> I know that woman. And she has to run away again. And yeah. Homer, she she runs away, and they're at the highway, and she leaves, and Homer sits at the, the bonnet on the bonnet of the car, and there is no joke. And the crowd. And roll. I thought it was just. Perfect. Yeah. There was nothing else to be said. His mother just escaped. You don't even see him crying. It's just him staring at the night sky until, like, literally for hours. Yeah. And the credits start rolling over that screen. And you just... There's no joke. There's no funny thing. There's no Simpsons theme. No. At the end, it's just him watching the stars and realizing he probably will never see his mother again. And it was like... Ugh! It was hard It was just like, yeah, Jesus no. fucking Christ, how could you do this to me? And the other one, another one I, I want to mention is one that, um, it was an, it's another Homer Lisa, uh, episode, which is very funny when Lisa becomes a vegetarian. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's like, meat is murder. And she's, she goes really, she becomes really, you know, she becomes a zealot of vegetarianism while Homer is going to throw a barbecue and he's really proud of it. <laughs> And it seems I'm sorry, I remember like... The, I remember the pig. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we mentioned, uh, because uh, remember when, uh, a couple of years ago, and we should talk about this in a moment, but a couple of years ago, they decided that Apu was not going to appear anymore because he was a, a racial stereotype that they, yeah. they didn't want to do again. And people were like, it's a comedy show. Who cares about pol- political things? Like, why are things so political now? And I always use that Lisa episode as a reminder. Like, The Simpsons has always been political, or it used to be, at least. And that was a very political episode. And she gets into it. She ruins her father's 
uh, barbecue. By the way, flying pig. <laughs> Mr. Burns saying, I will donate all this money if I ever see a pig flying. And the pig goes, and then they're, and they're laughing. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to donate that money? <laughs> No, <laughs> it's just—it's so—it's so good. But in the end, she goes into this garden that Apu has at the top of his shop, and they run into uh, John—not uh, not John Lennon. Um, it's a bit the of... other asshole, uh, Paul McCartney, and right, his wife, yes. and they're all like, "We're vegetarians as well," and blah blah blah. And Lisa goes. Oh, well, I guess then I can be a vegetarian, just eating plants and blah and eggs and cheese. And then uh, Apple reveals himself as a vegan and he goes, no, 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 that is disgusting. And Lisa goes, wow, you must think I'm a monster. And he goes, yes, I do. <laughs> but I can, I, I've learned to tolerate people. And Lisa returns to, to her father and she apologizes. And she has this really strong, like, it looks like the episode is taking Lisa's side. And then in the end, it's Lisa who is learning the lesson. Yeah. And it's fine to have a different ideology, but you can't really ruin your father's barbecue and you go like, he cares about this and you yeah. ruined it. Yeah. So I, that was a very touching, like a very interesting episode because it was such a teenage thing. Like even though Lisa is the youngest. That's the, the thing with uh, Lisa. Cause children. Lisa was always like when they needed some, someone who uh, took this like very, uh, like, a stand and was like SJW. Yeah, she was SJW before SJW was a thing. And and again, like yes, like people it's not that she wasn't made fun of for what she believes in or it's not but in the end, like even at some point like even March is like kind of annoyed at her. It's like now what's wrong now? Because remember that episode where she's like super like the, it's the sins. She sees like the the Ten Commandments, so she gets really worried about uh, people stealing. And her mom eats two grapes at the at the shop, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is a thing that happened." So like even you could tell that her mom wanted to. She's like, "This is a thing I need to nurture yes. in her," but at the same time. I'm not going to, you know, it is. I'm not going to put up with this because it's very annoying. Exactly. Yeah. And no, it's, it was, uh, yeah. And the, the vegetarian episode, I remember the last, um, bit again, not ending on a joke because, um, Lisa leaves the, the quickie mart and she finds her father is Lisa, just like looking for her frantically. Like just, Oh my God, where's my daughter? And she runs into him and is like, I'm right here, dad. And she's like behind him. is like, I'm right here, dad. And goes, oh, blah, blah, blah. and she apologizes to him and he offers her, I remember the line, he offers her a veggie back ride. Because yeah. not a piggyback. So she gets on his shoulders and they just walk off into the sunset and it's just them. Yeah. There's no joke. It's just them. I might be mistaken, but I think actually the credits roll on a screen of the pig still flying. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so just... good. Do you have any question that you would like to ask? I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think we've, we've, we've covered a lot of it. Um, is there, do, do you remember? Something that made you go like, I'm not going to watch it anymore? Well, not really. I just kind of outgrew it. I just got, not, I don't, I wouldn't say I outgrew it. I just like stopped watching the reader and start, started watching other things. I remember that I came back to it like on season 14 or 15 and I watched one episode that I thought was genuinely funny, which they were poking fun at cults. They no. all join a cult of the leader. 
And I thought that was a very funny episode. I, I genuinely thought that was a really, really good episode. And I thought like, oh, wow, maybe, maybe The Simpsons has something else to offer. But then there was like, it, it became like, you know, The Simpsons has become like such an important part of popular culture that you either have your, your, your type of Simpsons or you don't. Like the Flanderization yeah. phenomenon. You know, yeah. the idea that Flanders began essentially just as a better version of Homer. He's a better father. He's a good Christian. He's not a crazy Christian. He wasn't a fundamentalist. He wasn't a fundamentalist. Not, uh, he, when, when they adopt the children, for example, which is another very touching episode. Like when they, when they take the children away and Marge is like, oh my God, not my children. Like it's such a powerful moment. Um, the, you know, the Flanders were not this like, yeah, no, I guess they weren't. They were just like more subdued and they really liked being, being Christians, but they were just going to baptize them, which is something that it was so weird that Homer was opposed to them being baptized when they do attend church. I never actually got that. I think the whole thing was, um, it was sort of, especially with Bart, it was set up in a way that being baptized by Flanders. It wasn't just like, we're going to take you to church and being baptized. It's like Flanders is going to sort of purify you from your old family. So now that you can be one of the Flanders now. And it was more about showing that Homer did not want to lose uh, Bart and of course, Lisa and Maggie, uh, but rather that he, that he want like they were imperfect, but they were a family. And for me, I, I remember, cause I did see the Lady Gaga episode and it was okay. Um, and I tried watching the RuPaul episode later and it was okay. <laughs> I mean, in the end, you have really great comedy writers and, you know, it's, it's, it's never a bad episode, I feel. Uh, but there was this one episode that I, I remember this when I watched it and I just hated it, like most of it, because it was like, it was, a, it was the main, like the, the, like all five of them and, the five of them, because uh, there was an episode before that where March had to battle an addiction to gambling. Oh, yes. Uh, but in this episode, like, for some reason or the, or the other, Bart and Homer end up going to Vegas. And for some reason or another, March ends up running away to somewhere. So the end of the episode is uh, Lisa goes and watches her, the answering machine, and by that point, just having an answering machine is like, what are you doing? But like, you have, you have the answering machine. So first it's March talking, like, I'm not going to be there. So you, so basically a message to Homer saying like, take care of everything. Take over, please. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's Homer and Bart saying a message like, oh, we're going to, we're, we're, we're like, we can't tell you who we are, but we're somewhere else. And the last line of the episode, it's, it's Lisa listening to this and just kind of going like, of course, and Maggie in the background. And the last line is Lisa going, well, it's just you and me. It's I knew, so good. I knew it was going to be the two of us eventually. So I'm going to go just tomorrow. I'll get a job and start. <laughs> and the joke works. Like a joke works. But the thing is at the end of the episode, it's, it, especially like the, the whole thing, it was just, it was just a caricature of the caricature that the Sims already are. And for me, when I, when I finished that episode, it's like, I mean, usually at the end of the episode, it's like, you know, you have this whole thing of like back to normal, you know, like yeah. we were all back together. Status quo. Exactly. Yeah. And this was just like, this is what it feel. It felt like it might be an end of season, but it felt like an, a rushed end of series. That's what it felt like. So when, for me, watching that was like, again, not, not that I didn't laugh, none of the jokes weren't good, but for me, it just felt like, this is kind of gone beyond the thing that I like. 
and it has become a thing where it's just let you know this thing that you like you know you know you we've heard that you like the Simpsons so we made a car out of the Simpsons for you it kind of became that for me so that's kind of yeah. the last a lot thing. of people say that the episode where the Simpsons jumped the shark as it were was the episode when um, Principal Skinner is revealed to be somebody else. Did you ever see that episode? I did not see that. Well, one. a lot of people cite that episode, and I, I I disagree with it, because basically the whole plot is that Principal Skinner had been a prisoner of war, mm-hmm. and his second-in-command, or someone, one of his, like... Someone in people the, beneath him in the yeah because platoon, he you know because he, he did a, have a like an art like an a, like a recurring arc where he he talked about being in the war in Nam yeah. yeah and uh, the thing is that um, eventually uh, this the real Skinner comes back and it turns out that the guy who is who we think is Skinner is this other idiot and he went to the mother to tell her that her son was dead. And he couldn't tell her, so he was adopted by her. So he took the place of her son. She thought it, she she thought he was her son, and in the end, you know, it was it was an okay episode. A lot of people say, ah, oh, but that's you know, it's so ridiculous. But at the end, that was the joke. They put the guy on a train. Everyone in Springfield puts the new Seymour uh, on a train. They tie him up. They send him off. Like and, the real and Seymour. The mayor, yeah, and the mayor comes up and says, and everyone in Springfield vows to never mention the fact that Principal Skinner is not Principal Skinner ever again. And they all go, yay! And he just takes off on the train. And that's kind of like poking fun at the idea that everything needs to go back to normal, no matter how far you take plot. Because The Simpsons has no arcs. It refuses to have them. Like, there's been like... Well, for example, you mentioned the mom, and the mom came back. Uh, and then you have like Homer's brother, Homer's twin brother, yes. who also was there for a couple episodes. Two episodes as well. Yeah. But it's, it, and it's, of course, Lisa sort of, she, she, like her vegetarian thing kind of comes back to, it play. comes back like it's mentioned. But yeah. what I mean is like real changes to the, to the story and the cast only have, like, for example, after Homer's mother appears, he's not the next episode going, I'm still recovering from having met my mother. It's a completely new no. thing. Like, it's just completely... Status quo is reestablished and the universe resets itself. Um, the few things that happened that, you know, was um, the death of uh, Maud Flanders. Yes. That was a big thing. Yeah. You know, it was like, and Homer killed her. Yes. Like, it was just hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, but with a T-shirt gun, I believe it was. Yeah, well, he, he moved down yeah. and the T-shirt gun hit her, so... And she died, and that didn't come back. And then um, Apu having children yeah. was a thing that kept, you know, returning. Like, like I have a large family and so on. And I think someone else... Um, and then someone got married. Well, well the someone whole sideshow Bob thing. Flanders married <laughs> Professor Krabappel. Did you? Yes, I think. Oh. I think. And then who? What were you saying? Well, Sideshow Bob, you know. Sideshow Bob, again, yeah, okay, so he becomes, like, the evil character, although I think he was always evil, and it just keep, keeps coming yeah, back. Yeah, I don't know, I don't, like, I don't know how many episodes you had where Sideshow Bob was, like, next to Krusty. The first episode, where, like, where he, where he actually, where he actually frames Krusty, and, like, the whole thing with Bart finding out, like, how he did it, and then when he comes back and tries to kill Selma, you know, that's And then he comes episode. back and tries to steal a nuclear bomb. Yes. And it's... <laughs> Quite busy. 
He's that. a busy. And then his brother shows up, and he's played by David Hyde Pierce, who is Frasier's brother on <laughs> Frasier. And it's so funny because they have the same dynamic. It's clearly they just they just want to do Frasier. Exactly. And there's this even this time when they're having, hanging out at the apartment. And there's a title card like Fraser used to have, and it goes Fraser. Fraser is a show on CBS or whatever, and goes doon 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 doo but like a jazz thing. Yeah. And they have this whole like full of references to Fraser, and I thought it was hilarious because Fraser is my favorite sitcom of all time. Okay. So last question. Yes. Uh, what is your favorite Halloween? Uh, not episode, like the favorite Halloween uh, skit. Skit. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Oh, okay. There is this one where they move into this very cheap house. Yeah. And the house is very, 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 very haunted. And in the in the end, uh, Marge, I think, you know, the house is just horrible. It's like a poltergeist reference. It's bleeding, blood, and everything is just horrible. And then Marge goes, look, you're going to have to learn to live with us, okay? And the house is just really otherworldly. Well, it's like, can I think about it for a second? <laughs> and the Simpsons just leave, leave the house to think for a minute. And they leave, and the house immediately, like, warps into, collapses another, yeah, collapses into light. And then one of them, I don't know who it was. I think like, it, was it was Lisa. Lisa, that yeah. It's like, it, it preferred to self-destruct rather than live with us. And I think it was so funny. I think I would choose that one. Maybe the one about... um the, the the shining, the one that oh, is yeah. where groundskeeper Willie is like, and he ca- he keeps getting killed in each in each little skit that happens. Like that's yeah. the running joke. I don't know. I, it's so good, all of them. What is your favorite? The one that gave me actual nightmares growing up was the one where the ch- teachers eat the children. Oh yeah, that one. It was. I mean, it was that funny, was, but it was also went really dark. Like it I remember, I remember this this part where it's just a black screen. And they sent uh, Jim, Jimbo, uh, to the cafeteria kitchen. And then they eat him. And the teachers are just okay with this turn of events. Yes. And then, like, I remember there was this episode, there was this part where uh, Miss Crabapple's, like, super fat. And she's like, the homework is eat one stick of butter. Yes. And then they go to, 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 to March. And drops. Yeah. And she goes, detention. And she's so <laughs> fat right now. Yeah. Oh, God. And then they go to March and like, they're eating us. They're like, oh, I can't help you with everything. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to look a bully in the eye and tell them, don't eat me. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's so terrible. I had little And it ends with them falling like, into a and, blender. And then they wake up and they go into the Groundskeeper Willie Freddy Krueger episode, which was also... No, they don't. They fall into a blender yeah. and then Bart wakes up. And he goes, oh my God, oh my God, I had a nightmare. And then Marge goes, it's okay, it was just a dream. We have nothing to worry about. And then Homer says, except of that fog that turns people inside out. And the all fog right. starts in. And they all turn inside out into this horrible, gory mess. <laughs> and they start singing one, and then, and they do this whole, this whole musical number. And that's how it ends. And it yeah. was just so beautiful and so horrifying. But, and I love that like, there was also a Halloween episode that ended with the vampire one where they're like, they're all, all about to like, I think eat Lisa because March ended up being like the, 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 head, vamp- yeah. the head vampire. And they're about to bite her like, Merry Christmas. And they just go, woo. And then Santa's helper is like doing the Snoopy dance. Yeah. It's so good. It's, so yeah. anyway, but yeah, no, that one made me gave me actual nightmares. So. The Simpsons, such an important part. So of, of thank you life. so much for being. Thank here you with for us. listening. Thank you for dropping by. This has been. If Mexicans. you want us to discuss another piece of media, please let us know. And also, if there's some Mexican stereotype you want us to discuss, please let us know.
You racist fucks. You no. racist fucks. <laughs> you racist We're on Tumblr, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on... Instagram. And Patreon. If you want to throw us a dolly. Exactly. A dolly pardon. A dolly pardon. Working so, 9 to 5. And you can find Luis Augusto What's everywhere. your recommendation for the oh, week? Oh, right. Oh, that's, that was my idea and I totally forgot. Yes. Fuck you. Oops, stop it. My recommendation for the week is... I just mentioned it to you. Jenny Slate's Stage Fright. Uh, it's a comedy special on Netflix. Jenny Slate is the person that is, does the voice for Bellwether on Zootopia. She has a really nice voice. She, this, this comedy special is called Stage Fright because she actually has stage fright and she explains like how her growing up sort of made her become the person that she is. And it's really nice. It is not the best comedy special out there, but it is a great take. Just like, what's the name of, uh, um, it's like Chelsea Peretti's. Uh, comedy special in that it's very her and I enjoy it a lot and you should watch it so Jenny Slate's Stage Fright on Netflix good my recommendation I don't know if I've recommended this already but I've been watching the fuck out of it um, but I've, I've, I've watched it so many times and it's still so good it's a have I recommended the British game show QI no you haven't to you? oh good uh, the British Game Show QI, it's a BBC show. Everything is on YouTube. People keep just uploading everything. The BBC has given up on putting it down. Uh, they don't really care. <clears throat> the original seasons, uh, the, um, the, the presenter was Stephen Fry, who is my a spirit animal. Earth. My spirit animal. And the whole point of the TV show, of the, of the, um, of the whole, uh, Game show is they invite a lot of comedians and they ask them questions. If their answers are predictable or boring, they lose points. But let's say, for example, I ask, what is the longest animal on Earth? And you say? Uh, the iguana. Because it's like an eye and it's... <laughs> let's say you answered the predictable answer would be the, the blue whale. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the blue whale. And then a, a, a klaxon rings and they go like, oh, that's not, that's too predictable. But let's say you go, look, I don't know what the longest animal on earth is, but I can tell you that the tallest tree on earth happens to be, and it's just people showing off what they know. Okay. And if you say something QI that stands for quite interesting, they'll go, oh, that is quite interesting. And they'll give you points. So it's such a British thing because it's funny. You would be, we, we have to send you there as a Mexican representative. I would love to go. You are quite interesting. I dream of being on that show. I dream of I dream of being on The Great British Bake Off. Oh, <laughs> Sue Perkins is a treasure. Sue Perkins is actually often one of the comedians that they invite. Yeah, no, she's amazing. To the panel. And they invite a lot of people. Bill Bailey, I don't know if you know, Jimmy Carr. Uh, I'm going to watch more of it. Jeremy Clarkson has been on it. I've watched a little, but I haven't watched. Uh, I'm going to watch more of it. Why? So good. I didn't know they had so much on. I didn't know the BBC it's had given up. It's all there. It's all there. Watch QI. Watch the XL version because you have the shorter versions, which are half hour. XL is about 40, 42 minutes. It's wonderful. Watch it and take care. Yes, you can find Luis Augusto everywhere at Mr. Drama. And you can find Martin everywhere at Mint on a Rail. So have a nice week. And goodbye. Bye.